everyone, welcome back to my Teach English in China podcast.、Uh, for those who are tuning in for the first time,、uh, this is a, a podcast that is for those who want to relocate to China、uh, to work as a English teacher, or for those、um, who are already here but are、uh, encountering some difficulties or. Having some confusions、uh, as to what to do in your daily work and life,、um, and this is episode twelve, and the topic is what you will be expected to teach at higher level,、um, higher education level institutions, meaning colleges and universities. Um, again,、uh, there can be a lot of variations in this category of empo-、uh, employment as well.、Um, so we'll be mainly focusing on the majority of the cases that you will come across in China.、Uh, today,、uh, I invite、uh, back August to join the discussion with me.、Um, August has been in China for almost ten、uh, years, and he's been. Teaching in、um, higher ed uh, institutions um, for all these years, and he has a lot of experience in in terms of、uh, what to do with your daily work and all that. And he'll be sharing a lot of information regarding what、uh, you'll be expected to teach and what kind of course materials you'll be asked to use and what kind of um, uh, uh, Approaches that you could、uh, try, if you don't have、uh, enough support in your work. So first of all,、uh, just a clarification on the terms that we'll be using here.、Uh, most Chinese people refer to the lower level higher education institutions as colleges, meaning the.、Uh, Two or three year programs, mostly three year program ones,、um, and most of these are supposed to be focusing on developing students' practical skills, as opposed to、uh, focusing more on theories and researches、uh, and all that in the four year universities. So they offer degree programs, bachelor's degrees,、uh, masters, and all the way to doctors for some schools. The second thing to clarify is the nature of your employment.、Um, unlike most primary and secondary schools, which do not have their own license to hire foreign staff, and have to use recruitment agencies, as I mentioned in a previous episode, most colleges and universities in China do have their own licenses, and therefore、um, are able to process your employment、uh, by themselves. Uh, the office that handles initial、uh, contact with you is usually called the Foreign Affairs Office (FAO), which is usually what it's short short for.、Uh, so today we'll be discussing、uh, the type of students that you'll be teaching,、uh, and the contents that you'll be asked to teach. So in terms of the type of students,、uh, you'll be mostly seeing. Uh, undergraduate level students, and there will be English majors, and non-English majors,、uh, and some international program students. 
And in terms of the contents that you will be asked to teach, most likely you'll see English for general purposes, academic English, business English, and uh, English corners,、uh, which I'll explain more later. So let's begin with the undergraduate English majors.、Um, this is probably the biggest audience you'll be facing in the English teaching scene in China.、Uh, most colleges and universities offer English programs in their foreign language studies departments, and most of、uh, these departments employ one to several international staff, depending on、um, how many students they have. So, August,、uh, for your experience, what type of content have you been asked to teach、uh, for these English majors? Well, for English majors, generally it's spoken English, or in China they tend to call it oral English,、um, and that's a class where you'll encourage the students to speak as much as possible and help them improve their speaking. I've heard of other uh, teachers uh, in other colleges being asked to teach writing, so it's I think it's primarily speaking and to a lesser extent、uh, writing classes for、uh, undergraduate English majors. Yeah,、uh, I think some schools also ask the teachers to teach like English literature or <laughs> some cultural classes, but I think. Those are、uh, just from my observation that they're not really well conceived curriculum. That they、um, plus I think it's not really reasonable to hire some teacher who doesn't have any literature background to teach this sort of、uh, courses. And、uh, I think the, the the university just put them in this place to.、Uh, Basically, to、uh, I don't know maybe to replace some some other Chinese teachers that they they don't have for the semester or they think that it may be perceived as a value added、uh, thing for the students. But、um, to me, I I think the teachers should at least have the knowledge, even if they don't have、uh, necessarily a degree in paper, but they should at least be. Pretty knowledgeable about the subject, wouldn't you say? Oh yes, definitely. Yeah, or if they don't have too much knowledge, and they're asked to teach something on on short notice, they should do at least、uh, some level of preparation,、uh, so they are not going in completely、uh, without any knowledge of what they're teaching. That's just a, a recipe for disaster, basically. Yeah,、uh, actually, I think even even though、um, we 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 talk about it as if it's pretty normal, like even just for teaching a regular spoken English class, I think it's not、uh, something that everybody can naturally do a good job either. And, you know, even though I think maybe some subject like literature requires certainly a a good level of、uh, professional.、Um, Credentials, but I think even for spoken <laughs> English classes, if you want to do a good job, you you have to have a good、um, amount of knowledge as well.、Uh, yeah, I would say a good 
least academic level of um, vocabulary and uh, maybe not as detailed knowledge of the grammar as a reading writing or, or grammar teacher, but you should mm. uh, have some knowledge of it more than just the average native speaker yeah. uh, because you will get questions right. that will really challenge your yeah. knowledge of your native language. Right. Yeah, th this is digressing a little bit, but uh, going back to the English majors, so do you find that uh, most schools offer uh, English spoken English lessons uh, by a foreign teacher throughout their college um, years, or usually they just have it in the first year or the second year? From where I'm, I've taught, it's usually in the first two years that English majors will uh, have a spoken, or as I said before, uh, oral English class. And for some reason, uh, it won't continue into the third year. Yeah. I, I'm not sure how that is, and I haven't had a chance to you know, discuss this question with any person uh, in this decision-making process, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm suspecting uh, the reason might be that they, they think that uh, students only need a year or two to improve their spoken English, and then after that, they, they need to spend more time on other areas, maybe. Yeah, I think it's consistent with the way English is taught in China, in which speaking basically of the four skills is given the lowest priority. Mm. So in the third year, when the more mm. important subjects right. uh, might be taught, something that is not really considered a high priority in the... Uh, extreme testing culture of China, such as speaking, is uh, kind of pushed aside for more study of vocabulary and right. grammar or writing or just other things that are more likely to be tested. Right. Which I think this it's um, it needs to be <laughs> uh, improved on because it's still um, how... English majors' uh, curriculum throughout their four year in the universities still seem to be not that different from when I was a college student twenty years ago. Which uh, I I think that I, I'm not sure you know what's what's involved in the decision making process. But like you said, the testing culture is certainly one. But I would think that. Once they're in the universities and the colleges and all that, the, the student's ability to apply the skill of the language should be placed in in um, a you know, priority position. Uh, it's not like the in middle school or high school they're facing these national exams called for colleges, but. In colleges and universities, the, the students, their main concern should be whether or not they can um, develop their skills and then be able to find a good job. So I really don't know why the these uh, schools still haven't revised their curriculum uh, that much uh, in order to reflect this uh, priority. But anyway, 
if I were the decision making team, part of the team in in any university, uh, I I would uh, suggest that they um, help students to continue to develop their speaking ability throughout their college life. Because as we see, a lot of these university students, English majors, even when they graduate. Uh, with a bachelor's degree, their speaking ability is not necessarily that great. Whether it's to be a teacher or to do any interpreting work or to to be to do some job that in in the language capacity, right? Yeah, and、uh, even with the students that I've taught, I've noticed、um, if I've. Run into some students who I taught in their second year,、mm. and they're it's getting towards the end of the third year, and it's only been one year since I've taught them.、Mm. And sometimes if I see them walking down the hall, and they'll struggle、mm. even to <laughs> say basic、uh, sentences to me. And these are students that I knew to be fairly fluent、mm. a year ago when I taught them, and so I think it is a particularly troubling situation. Yeah, actually, yeah. Not not only they haven't, they they're not improving further. They actually regress. Yes. At least yes. most of them. Definitely. Yeah. Maybe only a very small handful who are extremely motivated. <laughs> they they may you know st- they may try their best to cut to cut out some time of their own to work on it by themselves. After. Uh, they don't have the speaking classes anymore, but that's a、uh, not a common phenomenon. All right, so、um, in terms of textbooks,、uh, course materials,、um, do you find that most schools usually、uh, do they usually give you a, a certain textbooks and ask you to follow that? Yes,、uh, almost everywhere I've taught, they've had a textbook that they either have used or have wanted to use, and and almost universally there they have been books that have been、uh, that come from China that are、uh, that are compiled and put together in a、uh, university in China. They may have some. International academics involved. I'm not sure, but usually they seem to be very Chinese style in that their focus is not so much on practical language production, but reading some、uh, extensive article, even in a speaking class, and and perhaps having some questions. That usually are not so interesting or open ended,、uh, for the students. So I've found that I've almost never, when given the choice, used the book that the、uh, the school or university has assigned me. Of course, I've asked if I could use something else, and if I have been allowed to, I've always chosen a, a different book myself. Yeah. It, again, I mean, I think it's、uh, <laughs> like a couple decades ago. A lot of these English textbooks compiled by Chinese authors, they're not, they're not really aimed at、uh, 
developing students' communicative skills at all. I think not. Not I. I'm sure they're not intentionally <laughs> doing this, but I think it's just lack of uh, expertise and current um, theoretical knowledge in the second language acquisition process. I think so. They still use a lot of the grammar translation approach. Yeah, it it definitely it does seem that the approach does uh, is consistent with uh, from what I know the way all subjects are uh, or most subjects are taught in the curricular schools in China, which is just a lot of rote memorization and repetition, mm -hmm. and for certain things, perhaps math or uh, other subjects such as that or memorizing and writing. Chinese characters that might be good, but for natural reproduction of, of uh, a second or foreign language that isn't, or to me doesn't seem to always result in very good fluency. Yeah, uh, so, so for the, the schools that, they, that do give you the freedom to choose your own textbook, uh, which are textbooks that you would recommend? Just give a couple examples, maybe. Well, the one that I've been using quite extensively is uh, the New Interchange series, which I believe is published by Cambridge. And even though it is a uh, four skills book, it is very uh, communicative and focused. So I've been able to effectively use it as a speaking uh, textbook and just uh, skipping some of the other skills uh, or uh, adapting them to a speaking class. Mm. Uh, I found that that book has, has been very helpful and the teacher's edition has very rather, rather extensive notes mm. so if you completely have no idea what you're doing mm. and you've never taught before or you feel like you haven't done a good job I, I would definitely recommend that series and especially to get your hands on a teaching edition so uh, it gives you some idea of what to uh, how you might go about teaching if you really have little knowledge or experience of how to do that mm -hmm. yeah uh, so you, you just mentioned that uh, you can uh, even though it, it the each unit has integrated skills like reading writing, listening, grammar, vocabulary and all that, you, you mentioned that uh, you could uh, adapt the other parts uh, as uh, listening, I mean, I mean as speaking. Uh, can you give us a quick example? Like how do you adapt, let's say, a grammar section of grammar exercise into a speaking activity? Well, some of the, the grammar activities might be matching a set of phrases in one column with a set of uh, grammatically and logically appropriate phrases in a second column. And just having the students spend a few moments doing that, but then speaking the sentences, mm. uh, that can be helpful. And then there would be a lot of exercises in which the follow-up uh, activity to the matching would be using the beginning of the sentences, mm. say the, the sentence, uh, the phrase in column A, and then rather than matching it with column B, which the students will have just done, mm. is uh, for them to 
finish the sentence, complete the sentence themselves. And that's a way for them to um, build their own fluency. At first, they see a good grammatical, mm. logical example of those uh, sentences on that topic and using that grammatical form. And then they need to uh, make their own sentences or at least make half of the sentence with uh, um, mm. the sentences they already have. And then there might be an additional activity mm. which will ask a similar question but require them to completely mm. make the sentences on their own. Mm. And so that way it kind of provides a scaffolding uh, effect for them to slowly use more and more of the language mm. themselves. And I find that um, uh, is very adaptive to speaking. Mm. Yeah, I, that's definitely something that I really like a lot about this book. Like this key word is scaffolding. <laughs> so even though, as we say, um, a lot of these content uh, in this uh, book series seem to be easy for the students, but the, when we ask them to independently produce the language, the, they have a lot of trouble. So I think it's really very helpful to go through those activities uh, one by one in, the, in each unit so that at the end of the unit, they can really um, produce the language uh, with uh, using a lot of these good uh, expressions or words or grammatical structures that are covered in the unit, right? So like you said, uh, even though they, they seem to be um, grammar section, not, not necessarily uh, only speaking, but if you just have the students uh, do the exercises by uh, saying it out loud, that in a way, it's also speaking exercise anyway. So I, I think it never hurts to go through those uh, activities. Yeah, I think uh, there's just a lot of different types of activities that uh, I think, in, at least in that uh, kind of textbook, to, that can be adapted for, for speaking. Mm, yeah, and the other good thing about this, this book series is it uh, also has six levels, right? So it begins with intro and then level one to three, right? Yeah. And the and then four and five are the highest levels. They they're called passages, and those are for mainly for academic purposes, right? And the book, book uh, intro, uh, through book three are English for general purposes. Right? So I think it's really helpful for students who, uh, may want to continue to study in a English speaking country. So if they go through book four and five, they generally should be ready to sit in a English speaking uh, class in, in another country, would you say? Yes, yes. If they uh, have done a good job with the material through that whole series, I think mm. they definitely should, they should uh, be able to mm. um, at least have a good chance to whether it's study abroad or work and use English uh, in an English-speaking environment. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. Also, one more thing that's good about this uh, textbook series is they they try to use so-called international English, right? So, uh, it's not just very American English or very British. <laughs> um, so they try to not make it seem regional, right? So, um, as we know, a lot of these, uh, a lot of people in in the world. They communicate in English to other people whose native language is not English. So, uh, it's it's kind of, uh, in a way, not useless, but it's not a priority to learn、um, English that's particularly used in in a particular region in any English speaking country. Right. So,、um, I think this is another good thing that I like about this book series. Uh, so uh, the other, uh, the other textbook set that um, I think you you used before are Cambridge English Skills, real listening and speaking. Do you find this、uh, book series also good to use in a、um, language class for if you are tasked to teach、uh, undergraduate English majors spoken English? Yeah, and that had a different set of、uh, advantages.、Mm. Uh, it wasn't as open. I wouldn't consider it as open ended,、um, uh, and good at facilitating、mm. open discussion.、Um, but I think the the exercises and examples there in the Cambridge、uh, real listening and speaking had has a lot a lot of.、Uh, Useful examples and good exercises,、uh, and it also had some units that were、uh, more focused on、um, uh, English in a business or workplace environment. So I think it kind of was halfway between a just general English listening and speaking and、uh, business English.、Mm. Right. Oh,、uh, yeah. So yeah, that could be helpful for、um, maybe non-English majors, like if they're business majors or or some other、um, some other professions that may need English.、Uh, so that this could be a little bit more helpful. Yeah.、Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so、uh, there's also this one textbook series that、um, I think are probably good to use. Are called compelling conversations.、Uh, have you ever used these in your classes? Well,、um, I've used them in more of an English corner type、uh, environment because it seems like even though、mm. it's Might be considered a textbook. It's more or less、um, a series of different conversation topics、mm. that are organized by unit, and、uh, mm. each unit would have a particular topic.、Mm. So,、uh, if if the class simply calls for just open conversation,、mm. and or or it's an English corner or anything、uh, of that sort. I think、uh, using something such as、uh, the compelling conversation series would be、uh, appropriate. Yeah,、uh, because like the current 
publications that I've seen by this book series, they have, they have a、uh, one called questions and quotations for in intermediate American English lear、uh, language learners.、Uh, another one is called、uh, with commentary, supplemental exercises, and reproduc、uh, reproducible speaking activities. Also, there's one called "Talk Your Way to Success with Doctors and Funders," which is very specific. You know, I I think this could be good for students who are um maybe they if they major in like public affairs、uh, that type of、uh, programs, then they you know they may need this type of language. So I think this could be good. To use, and also they have another one called "Connecting Leadership to Student Achievement." Again, I think、uh, this can be good for some students, right? But the, they also have some generic one topics, like this one called "Questions and Quotations on Timeless Topics." I suppose this can be used for students of any major or discipline.、Um, but again, I agree with what you're saying. I think this. Textbook should would be good for、uh, activities like English corners or some kind of uh, uh, one time workshop or、uh, that type of、uh, non regular、uh, short term teaching assignments. Right. Yeah, I I think it's it's、uh, it'd be preferable to use it in that situations. The the one thing that I I found. Is that、uh, some people might think、uh, using a textbook is、mm -hmm. just the lazy way to go about it, and <laughs>、uh, and for people who don't have the knowledge or work ethic to put something together for themselves. But there's a few things that I've that this come to discover about that. The, the first thing is.、Uh, I have tried putting together various activities、um, with a great deal of effort on my own, and then just putting them together, organizing them, and teaching a spoken English class、uh, that way. And while in some ways it、uh, might have been very entertaining, it didn't seem to be cohesive about certain、mm. topics. It was so difficult to line up、uh, activities that.、Uh, Were interesting and had some sort of theme about、mm. them.、Uh, furthermore, it it seems that for a lot of students in China,、uh, the notion of going through a book、mm. seems to be very important to them.、Mm. And it seemed to me that some students,、uh, even some of the better students in the class. Uh, almost considered the class I was teaching、mm. to be not a serious class.、Mm. It's just oh, we're we're just playing games and doing activities. We're not really studying.、Mm. So it it seemed like to the students who should have been the most motivated to come to class actually ended up being the least motivated because of、uh, mm. the class being organized that way. So I decided.、Uh, After some time of trying that out, that actually ha having and following a book, of course, you, you don't have to follow it to the letter, and you can supplement it and choose、uh, 
to use what you want from it, but to generally go with a book, uh, I think uh, helps you to justify that you are teaching an academic course mm -hmm. and not merely uh, playing games and singing and dancing uh, for uh, the students because I think it also plays into the stereotype of the foreign teacher as uh, someone who doesn't know anything about teaching is not a real teacher mm. and who just plays games and entertains the students um, because that's what a foreign teacher does and a foreign teacher doesn't know how to teach mm. so I think it uh, while coming up with one's own activities can be useful and uh, helpful, I, I think it can be dangerous to veer too far uh, to, uh, down that extreme. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, I think some people, either they don't know or uh, they don't know what, uh, that the using a set of textbooks could be helpful, or they're just, or there's another group of people who are just uh, really highly motivated and that they always try to do everything by themselves and they want to you know design the whole curriculum by themselves and all that which is which is all good uh, in terms of a personal quality but i think in this case as we say it's so difficult to put together uh, random materials to make it very systematic and very cohesive as you say the order to help students develop their language abilities. So I would say that unless you are a highly trained ESL, EFL professional, meaning either you have a degree in TESOL or TEFL or you're someone who has been doing a lot of reading and practicing on this, uh, in this field, um, you know, I think it would be a better idea to use a well-reviewed textbook set. Um, this way you can uh, provide the students with a more of a scientific continu continuum in their um, second language acquisition process. Uh, also, it saves you, the teacher, a lot of time um, searching for activities, right? Um, it's with that amount of time you spend, um, you, you might as well use it to, to prepare your lessons um, with guidance of a, a, a good textbook. Yeah, I think uh, there's this uh, tendency among some uh, foreign teachers to think that, okay, well, the textbooks that I've been given are not very good mm. and well I think yeah, I generally agree with that but that doesn't mean that none of them are any good mm. and to be honest I, I'm not sure if it's some individuals trying to overvalue their uh, their profession or their their professional knowledge I should say that that they feel that oh, well, I can write a book uh, or compile lessons that are better, and maybe they can, but um, to be honest, it's not reinventing the wheel. Teaching mm. intermediate-level English 
is not something that has never been done before. And mm-hmm. I think there involves a certain amount of arrogance to think mm-hmm. that with most teachers' random bachelor's degree and something that usually has nothing to do with English language mm-hmm. teaching, that they're going to do better <laughs> than some uh, MAT souls or PhDs in mm-hmm. uh, language acquisition uh, just because, I, I don't know, because they're, they are them, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's an element of that um, I mean, of course, a lot of these books are not adapted particularly to China, mm. so I, I can right. see that element of it. But mm. I mean, really, there's um, English is probably, I would imagine, the most learned and the most taught language mm. in the history, in, currently, now, and probably the history of the world. So there's not a dearth of English language learning materials it's being taught all over china all over the world Mm. why not use some of the materials that have already been written and then supplement them as you see fit rather than starting from scratch as if everything that has been used before is uh, uh, completely uh, trash and then having to build a curriculum from the ground up when you probably have very little theoretical or working knowledge of second language acquisition, pedagogy, or anything of of that Mm. sort. Yeah, I mean, some people, I I think they do have great intuitions in in (laughs) teaching a language, but I think definitely nobody can discount the professional knowledge that has been uh researched on or worked on by professionals you know a group of that their <laughs> collective wisdom over decades and decades i think that definitely um uh, we, we 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 we're not saying that they are their theories are perfect but um they should they're definitely much more valuable than um than some some of these teachers may think part one of this episode and please stay tuned for the second part.